Hey folks, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you've been listening to the Whitfield Report for a while and you're starting to think to yourself, hey, you know what? I could do this podcast thing, but where the hell do I start? Well, folks, I've had a lot of friends ask me that in the last few weeks, and I'm here to tell you all that Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. This means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. You're damn right that's what I'm doing. And what I like about Anchor is that whether you're a novice or an expert, it's incredibly easy to use. They have uh, great tools that you can use to record and edit your podcast if you're a novice just starting out. Or if you're like me and you're an old pro at this, you can bring your own tools and record your audio and then upload the files yourselves. Whichever way you podcast, it's extremely easy to use Anchor, and I highly recommend them. So get started today by going to anchor.fm forward slash start. And I can't wait to hear your podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Now go out there and make some podcasts. Hey folks, welcome to the Thursday edition of the Whitfield Report podcast. I'm your host, Savage Sam Whitfield here, recording from uh, NGC Studios for the Thursday edition, and I'm so glad that you are here to join me whenever you're listening to this in the past, present, future hour. And uh, yeah, it's good to be back for the uh, Thursday edition. We've been off uh, for a few weeks from the Thursday show. Um, I had final exams uh, last week, as most of you know, who uh, tune in regularly to the podcast. And, uh, you know, I missed last week's Thursday edition because of that. But uh, I think I made up for it with uh, Saturday's show, you know, last Saturday's show uh, with Jimmy. And, uh, you know, I did a show on Tuesday, which uh, wasn't my best, but it was my worst either. I thought it was pretty good. But uh, anyway, I want to thank you so much for uh, joining me for the Thursday edition. As always, we should be back to our regular scheduled uh, programming by now, so you can expect these on Thursday again regularly. All right, folks, uh, contact info as usual. You can follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at 70 underscore NDC, hashtag Whitfield Report, hashtag Sam Savages, facebook.com forward slash Whitfield Report, uh, Gab and Minds at Sam Whitfield, and, uh, you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash 
the Whitfield Report, and you can also subscribe to the podcast uh, over on Anchor, anchor.fm forward slash Whitfield Report Pod to find all the links for Apple Podcasts and uh, everything else there. And uh, thesamwhitfield.com is my main website slash blog. All right, folks. So, uh, you know, as you know by now, Thursdays are uh, usually when I review stuff related to, you know, popular culture, movies, TV shows, comic books, music, uh, really anything that strikes my fancy, uh, I, I review it. And um, we have another... Uh, comic book TV show that has recently launched. Um, there's been a lot of good ones that have come out f- over the past couple of years. There's been, uh, most notably, one of my favorites that has come out uh, was uh, Netflix's uh, adaptation of the Daredevil comic book. Uh, that whole series as part of Netflix's kind of MCU extension. Then we had The Punisher that was pretty good, and, uh, you know, Jessica Jones that was good. I think Daredevil was, you know, the best out of all those MCU Netflix shows when it was on um, and whatnot. Uh, And then we also have The Boys uh, from Amazon, which is... Uh, very dark, but very uh, well done as well. So that's the thing. Of course, we have uh, Arrow and The Flash, which, you know, both of those shows are on the CW. And I was actually surprised uh, how well those shows did the first uh, couple seasons that, that they were both on. The CW, uh, as most everyone knows, is notorious for, you know, basically turning every single one of their shows into a soap opera, you know, of sorts, to attract their teenage girl demographic. And, you know, for a while, it seemed like Arrow and Flash, you know, were kind of successfully heading away from the total soap opera directions. And then, you know, these last, like, you know, two seasons, both of those shows kind of dropped the bomb on that. And and now they have the Batwoman show, which I'm not even going to review that because, you know, pretty much like the, uh, you know, that's another show where the critics uh, are liking that one because it's woke. But the, uh, you know, the comic book fans and the audience that is at home aren't uh, liking that one at all. So it's not even worth reviewing that one. Uh, One show that I've kind of brought up uh, over the past couple of years as it's been in development is uh, the Watchmen uh, TV show that HBO uh, has done. This is what has essentially now uh, filled Game of Thrones's uh, old time slot from what I understand and uh, you know this Netflix TV series is a it's not an adaptation so of the uh, Watchmen comic book from 1986 
um, so much as it is like a spin-off sequel to the Watchmen uh, comic book series and the graphic novel, which I said then, and I'll say again, I have a huge problem with, with the fact that a Watchmen sequel even exists, and I'll get to why here in a sec. Um, but a couple of you guys have, you know, asked me to review the series, uh, you know, and to kind of give my thoughts on the first episode. So I wasn't able to watch it on Sunday. Um, you know, obviously, again, I had final projects I had to finish up, you know, the previous weekend. So I didn't get a chance to watch it live. But I did watch it, you know, on HBO last night, uh, Wednesday night. I should say, it's when I watched it. So, uh, I'm going to give my thoughts and opinions on, uh, that. And, uh, let me just say, I, it's, I, I, I don't know what to make of it. I'm not too happy with how it's started out, but, uh, you know, I'll get to that in a sec. First off, I kind of want to start off this review by going off by uh, going over the uh, original Watchmen graphic novel and the Zack Snyder Watchmen movie um, because those two uh, well the Watchmen comic book and you know slash graphic novel let me just say has always been uh, very near and dear to my heart as a, a comic book fan, um, as it is for many, you know, hardcore comic book fans. It's one of the greatest uh, graphic novels of all time. And the first time that I read the watch that I read the Watchmen graphic novel, was actually, believe it or not, 10 years ago now. You know, it's... And that was uh, because the movie at the time uh, by by Zack Snyder was coming out. Uh, that movie came out in 2009, and it's now 2019. Uh, I was, you know, I was 14 when that movie came out. And uh, before that movie, you know, hit theaters... A bunch of my friends and I who, you know, were kind of anticipating that movie. We had never wa- we had never read the uh, Watchmen uh, graphic novel before. So we all did uh, in anticipation of that, you know, uh, movie coming out then. And, uh, you know, the... the the Watchmen uh, series, for those of you who don't know, though I know the the vast majority of the audience I, that listens to me actually does know what Watchmen is, but for the uninitiated, uh, the Watchmen uh, series was published by DC Comics between 1986 and 1987. It was a 12-issue uh limited, you know, series, meaning, meaning, uh, it's a self, you know, contained story. It was, uh, 
although it was published by DC Comics, it took place in its own, you know, universe and had its own story, you know, completely as opposed to being tied into the, uh, you know, DC Universe directly at the time. Although they've changed that, you know, in the in which we'll we'll get into that later in the podcast. But like back when it was published, you know, it was its own standalone thing, it had no connections with the DC universe. Um, you know, when it was published, and the premise of the Watchmen. Uh, graphic novel uh or the sears i should say is uh it it's basically uh the premise of like well what if superheroes were what if superheroes and you know costumed vigilantes actually existed in our world and had to deal with like the you know the real world consequences, you know, of being super powered individuals or, or being, uh, you know, vigilantes, like how, how would that play out, you know, in reality now, you know, in 2019, that concept is nothing new because as I said, we've had, we've had, you know, series like the boys, uh, you know, where things are pretty realistic and, you know, a lot of stories in the Marvel and DC universe have become pretty realistic. But you have to remember, like, back in 19, you know, even like back in the, in the 1980s, and even more so, you know, prior to that, you know, comic books were pretty, you know, they were pretty safe as far as, like, you know, formulas would go. Um... You know, you had the you had the hero, and uh, you know the villain. Uh, hero would you know villain would do something bad. Uh, the hero would you know uh, go and stop it, and you know sometimes sometimes he would get foiled like in the first act, but you know in the second act of the story, the the hero would always win. And, you know, it was always understood that the, uh, you know, that the old-timey heroes, while they may have had struggles, you know, in their, in their personal lives, uh, at the end of the day, they were always, you know, good, upstanding, you know, moral people. And, you know, like, even during Stan, even during, you know, Stan Lee's, you know, run of, Marvel Comics in the 60s and 70s in, no, in, you know, no disrespect to Stan Lee. I've done a whole tribute episode, uh, you know, to him and the impact, you know, he made. He certainly explored character, you know, flaws in his heroes, but not to the, uh, you know, extent that Watchmen did. I mean, Watchmen got, like, really nitty-gritty, and, you know, part of that was because when Stan Lee was publishing comics you know, during the 60s and 70s when he was head of Marvel, you know, there were just subjects that, you know, back in his day, 
he wouldn't have been able to explore even if he wanted to, I don't think. You know, but by the but by the mid eighties, you know, when uh Watchmen came out, uh comic books were certainly ready to explore like more mature themes. Uh there was Batman Year One, which uh, you know, was written by Frank Miller. And uh, you know, kind of reimagined the Batman origin story, but you know, in a much grittier way. We actually get to see like, you know, Gotham City's corruption of the politicians and of the police force explored much more uh in depth. You know, we see in that version that Catwoman is a uh you know is a is a prostitute, but she's also kind of like a you know a, a hit woman uh you know slash something for hire and you know and that's why she has the whip you know that's why she has the cat motif that's you know very sexual uh you know we get to see a bit more into Bruce Wayne's psychology and like that was like one of the first you know kind of adult comics not necessarily that it was like super explicit but that it explored you know like really adult ideas and really adult themes you know then we have the dark knight returns which uh you know takes a look at an older batman you know in his 60s who's been retired and again it's a much you know grittier look at batman and you know deals with some pretty uh, adult themes and adult ideas, right? So even, you know, kind of like the mainstream stories were able to put, you know, more boundaries in the comic book world. I mean, hell, The Punisher, uh, Frank Castle, Castle, that entire, you know, character is about, you know, being a veteran with PTSD, uh, you know, dealing with corruption, killing, you know, criminals and being a vigilante. You know, that's essentially the Punisher's whole thing. You know, and in, in the 80s, he kind of became big too. Well, then, you know, the Watchmen came along and really, at that point, you know, Watchmen changed everything. Watchmen was a, a book where each of the characters, whether it be Rorschach, uh, Dr. Manhattan, the comedian whose, you know, murder is kind of, you know, the is kind of what the whole entire series is, you know, planned around, uh, you know, Adrian Veidt, Ozymandias, you know, Dr. Manhattan, Night Owl, Silk Spectre, you know, her mother and Silk Spectre too. All of these characters have, you know, traits that make them heroes and have traits that could also make them be considered villains in the eyes of some, right? 
So they're superheroes and they're vigilantes, but they're all very much flawed. And, you know, Watchmen is a character, is really a character study wrapped up in a, uh, you know, in a superhero comic book. And it's very mature, um, you know, too. They deal with, you know, actual situations like, you know, rape, uh, incest. Uh, there's like, I think there's a gay superhero that gets killed early on, you know, in the, in the story. And, you know, there's a lesbian superhero that gets killed, you know, early on. And this is back in like the mid eighties, you know, during like, you know, the Reagan administration, you know, so like now, like I said, we've become, I guess, progressive enough, you know, in culture to where like, you know, that's normal. But considering, you know, back then it was pretty groundbreaking, you know, so, so it really shows that, you know, the humanity of these costumed, uh, you know, heroes both, you know, their good flaws and their bad flaws. And, you know, it, it, it ultimately asks the question, you know, in the end of, is a utopia possible? Right? That's the, I guess that's the kind of the ending, you know, question without giving any major spoilers away of what it is. Um, so, you know, again, I know a lot of people who listen to this show and know what comic books are, probably know what The Watchmen is, but for those of you who, uh, don't, let me just tell you that, uh, it's definitely worth reading the graphic novel. In fact, like, I would read the graphic novel, uh, you know, for sure, before you uh, watch the movie or watch the TV series. Also, it's one of those graphic novels, uh, you know, where... Honestly, you need to read it more than uh, once. I've read it probably about, like eight times, eight or nine times, I've read the, uh, the graphic novel almost every year since I've, since I originally read it, and every time I get something new out of it, it's just one of those stories and one of those character studies of, you know, people, these heroes and these villains, that is just so compelling that like every time you read it, you get something new out of it, you know, or you realize, oh, you know, I never realized this detail or, hmm, I thought of this detail one way before, but now, you know, as I've gotten older, this detail actually means this. So it's, you know, it's definitely some, something like that. It's not one to, uh, you know, read, just once and then put away 
you're going to want to read this thing, uh, you know, more than once. And it's right now, it's only $5 on uh, Amazon Digital on Comixology, which is the Amazon uh, digital comics platform. So it's $5 right now. Uh, very good deal. Obviously, Amazon is not a sponsor of this podcast, not yet anyway. Uh, but it's you know worth picking up uh, if you want to get the actual graphic novel, you know, in paperback or you know or, or in hardcover, which I have. It's not too much money. It'll set you back like ten or fifteen dollars, so not bad. Either way, uh, I highly recommend the graphic novel. And, uh, you know, with that in mind, now we're going to go into spoiler territory of the new series, uh, of the HBO series, uh, Watchmen, or as I like to call it, uh, The Woke Men. So, uh, we're going to go into spoiler territory here. So, uh... Yeah, this will be a this will be a signal that we're uh, you know going into spoiler territory. And uh, we're now officially in spoiler territory, ladies and gentlemen. So if you're listening to this, and uh, you know you haven't seen the uh, you know Watchmen TV series yet, or the graphic novel, you know, or the movie, uh, go ahead and, you know, read the graphic novel first and watch the TV series, uh, before listening to this podcast. Um, you know, unless you're one of those people who, as I mentioned before, doesn't mind spoilers, uh, you know, and as always, if that's the case, well, don't come complaining to me when I've spoiled something for you. Okay, that's the arrangement we have here. That's our, you know, silent, uh, you know, little arrangement here. I, I warn you of spoilers, you listen, and then you don't complain if I spoil something uh, for you. Alright, so, um, HBO's Watchmen... I'm conflicted on this. When when the series was first announced, I was interested to say the least, but I was concerned and I still am kind of concerned about it. And the ultimate reason being is Watchmen doesn't need a sequel. It doesn't. The ending of Watchmen almost negates their needing to be a sequel. Now, for those of you who have read the uh, you know graphic novel, or uh, watched the movie, and you know how it ends. It ends with uh, with Rorschach's journal being 
discovered by that one, you know, kid. And the in Rorschach's journal basically reveals the uh, the truth about Adrian Veidt's slash Ozymandias's, uh, you know, new world order utopia. The ugly truth behind the, that, right? And the question is, is is he going to publish that, you know, is he going to publish that journal? Or is he just going to throw it away, you know, or do whatever and keep this utopia up, right? Now, a couple important things to know. Um... Rorschach, the character, you know, the the character of Rorschach in the comic book was always kind of portrayed, at least in my opinion, as kind of like a conservative, libertarian, almost ANCAP, you know, type person. That's the other thing is, you know, Watchmen is very political. And so Rorschach reflects, I would say, you know, my views a bit in terms of, like, being a conservative libertarian, uh, you know, but to the extreme, definitely. So he's, you know, more of an ANCAP. Doesn't really trust the government, you know, that much. Questions authority. Um, doesn't trust authority. Um, is very... Di- distrustful of people in, in general. Now, I, I wouldn't say I'm that, you know, way. I, I, I'm i definitely, you know, much more uh, optimistic about the world. But again, you know, as kind of a conservative libertarian, I, I definitely am, you know, cautious of the powers that be and whatnot. And I, I do believe that, that, you know, like Rorschach, that the media is putting society to sleep and that you know, it is run by a bunch of, you know, whores and corrupt politicians. And, you know, uh, you know, Trump is starting to drain the swamp. But again, he's not perfect. He's been mired down in that a little bit. Uh, you know, so Watchmen is kind of, or I should say Rorschach is kind of the conservative libertarian question government, question authority uh, you know, figure of the of the original comic book series. Uh, Night Owl, Dan Dryberg is, you know, he's a he's a liberal. He's kind of a he kind of starts off the uh, you know the series. He's going through a midlife crisis. He's kind of turned into a a beta male, um, you know, until he hooks up with Silk Spectre and kind of regains his, you know, mojo a little bit, both literally and figuratively. Uh, Silk Spectre 2, uh, Lori, uh, is a girl with daddy issues, you know, quite literally. And, uh, 
you know, her arc is pretty interesting. So she's that, you know, character arc. Her mother, the uh, the original Silk Spectre, is basically a uh, a floozy, you know, from the 40s. And, uh, you know, the comedian, uh, Edward Blake, well, he is, you know, he kind of seems like a piece of shit, uh, you know, neocon at first, right? That's his political archetype. Um, you know, uh, very much a neocon, very much pro-interventionalist. Uh, he seems like a, a big piece of shit, you know, like from the begin- beginning. And once you find out, you know, a, a, like a bit more about his, his background story, you almost like kind of sympathize like, what, like well, gee, everyone wanted, everyone wanted to kill this guy. So, you know, someone would have done it then. But then, you know, you dive deeper into his story and you find out that, you know, He's just as flawed and broken and multi-dimensional as everyone else is, right? All of the characters in Watchmen have, you know, traits that are good and traits that, you know, could make them evil. And that's what's interesting is Watchmen is a very uh, philosophical, you know, book and a very philosophical in a very uh, philosophy-based story, which kind of questions the, you know, paradigms of left and right and questions the the paradigms of morality. And, and let me just say this. The, uh, the 2009 movie adoption by Zack Snyder actually, in my mind, when it originally was released... Uh, Critics didn't really know how to handle it. It got mediocre reviews from the critics, you know, which, which were actually, like, a lot of them were pretty bad. But keep in mind, at the time, back in 2009, uh, we were still, like, Iron Man 1 had just come out. And we had The Dark Knight in 2008, like the year before, and that was kind of like the first, you know, realistic, like, gritty take on, you know, Batman and and motion pictures. And, like, Iron Man did that a little bit with Iron Man and kind of the character building there. But, like, you know, gritty gritty real-world superhero movies were not, like, a thing in 2009. We weren't used to telling, like, the deep, multi-dimensional stories, you know, in comic book movies like we are now. And so when Watchmen came out, it threw people for a loop. And it threw critics for a loop, just like just like the comic book and, you know, graphic novel did when it was published in, you know, 86 and 87. Right? But ultimately, the... Uh, you know, the the original story questions both sides of the political aisle, takes them both to task, you know, and questions human morality, ultimately. And that's what makes it such a good story. Uh, HBO's Watchmen, in our quotes, uh, is... Well, it should have really been called Wokeman. 
uh, you know, in heavy air quotes, it is, uh, oh boy. First off, like I said, Watchmen doesn't need a sequel. The ambiguity of the ending of the graphic novel and of the, you know, movie, you know, both of which take place in the 1980s, uh, you know, the, the ambiguity is how it should have always been. Um, so the fact that we got a sequel kind of, you know, that no one asked for, like, I wonder those people were kind of miffs me a little bit, but, you know, okay, it's out there. There's nothing I can do. What does irritate me about about this is the fact that, like, even during the, uh, you know, pre, like, pre-production, uh, this was, like, during the 2016 election, Damon Lindoff, you know, who has directed and, you know, kind of, like, created this faux sequel, has said that it's going to be about, like, white supremacy. And... You know, so it's like more woke SJW culture BS. Uh, But who do they choose to, uh, you know, base the white supremacist off of? Not the, uh, you know, is it it the neocon Eddie, Eddie Blake who, you know, admittedly does do some like sick and twisted and, you know, racist shit in the, uh, you know, original graphic novel, is, is it him? No. Is it, uh, is it Night Owl? Is it kind of like the rich liberal billionaire? Uh, or, you know, or inventor? No. Is it Ozymandias, the even, the even richer, you know, uh, liberal billionaire guy who, you know, creates the whole utopia and, like, kills half the population in the end of the graphic novel to, to do this? Is it about him? No, he's not. He's not really the villain yet. Now, who does uh, Damon, uh, who does Damon Lindoff pick to be the uh, model for the archetype villain right away? He chooses Rorschach. Now, keep in mind, Rorschach dies at the uh, at the end of the. You know, Gravik and Alba gets killed by Dr. Manhattan because Dr. Manhattan and Vite want to keep their utopia kind of like a, a secret or the truth about it. And then that's how, you know, when Watchmen, deci- when uh, Rorschach, I should say, decides to uh, send his journal to that, you know, kind of conservative libertarian newspaper. So, evidently... Uh, that paper publishes Rorschach's journal, and the myth is exposed, right, of the of the utopia. Uh, and in Damon Lindoff's universe, basically a white supremacist group, uh, which which wears Rorschach's mask. Uh, is the basis for this white supremacist group. Now, as I said in the in uh, the beginning of this review, like a few minutes ago, Rorschach 
is a libertarian, kind of like a libertarian anarchist, but he's not really a, a racist in the, uh, you know, in the comic book. In fact, like, he's not a racist at all. Okay, Rorschach is a guy who, in the graphic novel, beats up, uh, maims, and kills, you know, white supremacists. There's that one white supremacist gang, you know, in that seedy bar in New York, and, you know, Rorschach uh, beats, like, a lot of them up, you know, in the bar, and then it's implied later that, you know, he's killed some of them, like, on the streets. So, you know, obviously he's not a fan of skinheads. Uh, you know, he'll kill, like, he'll... Be Rorschach basically kills, like, you know, the lowest of the lowest scumbag criminals. You know, like, child rapists and murderers, whether they be, like, you know, white, black, you know, whatever. He just doesn't like like scumbags. He questions authority. He's a you know he's a libertarian figure, and yet you know Damon Lindoff turns the question authority you know uh, group into the white supremacist group, right? So. Now, they've set up the narrative that basically anyone who questions the government, anyone who, you know, questions the police state, uh, is essentially a white supremacist. Um, you know, and that's the other thing, is there is a police state, uh, you know, in Veidt's new utopia. Uh, and... You know, the cops also wear masks. So, you know, every utopia kind of becomes a, a dystopia, and that certainly is the case. Now, uh, you know, the, the fact that they made the, uh, you know, libertarian Rorschach group, like white supremacists, you know, just be like woke and shit, that, you know, that pisses me off because, again, there's no need to do that. Um, you know, second off, they, they make the police force, like, super woke with, like, you know, a lot of the, uh, you know, police being, like, woke, you know, African-Americans who now are going around, you know, killing, like, you know, the, these quote-unquote white supremacists. And it's okay because they're white su supremacists, right? They So... They're deemed evil and, you know, ideology, so they must, you know, die, right? And, I mean, look, I'm not even saying this as a conservative that all this pisses me off. I'm, I'm coming from a, uh, you know, thing of I wish they would be, a, like, a little more objective. Look, you know... Uh, Watchmen, the graphic novel, you know, pokes fun at and points out flaws in, you know, the libertarian ideology, kind of, you know, Rorschach's belief system, the neocon belief system of the comedian in Dr. Manhattan, the liberal, 
you know, belief system of Night Owl and Silk Spectre, you know, and even like the libertarian views of, of Rorschach, right? It's very, uh, you know, critical of all sides, the original graphic novel is. This one, you know, this new series, it seems to be white people are the, white people are bad, white people are ultimately the villains, and uh, you know, we would like to live in in a utopia where eventually, you know, the cops get to kill white folks because of you know reparations or whatever. So uh, you know, it's it's ridiculous. Now, what I'm hoping they do, like, for the second episode and for the third episode, is maybe, like, turn it around and maybe show, like, the, the hypocrisy of the left and focus on that a bit in the show. But, uh, you know, I kind of doubt they will. So, usually I give, like, episodes, uh, or usually I give, like, new series two or three episodes to watch it and really, like, you know, let it kind of seep in and figure out if I like it or not. So I'm going to do that. And if I don't like it by, mm, I'm going to say episode five, just to be safe. There are nine episodes this season. So if I don't like it, you know, a little bit more than halfway through the season, you know, I'm out. But I will, you know, still watch it, just kind of give it a chance and let it breathe a bit. So... But uh, I would definitely recommend the Watchmen, you know, graphic novel for sure if you can get your hands on that. It's an all-time classic, and I and I would highly recommend it. So, you know, and uh, depending on how bad this uh, you know series goes, I, I'm already thinking that like a lot of uh, fans, myself included, will not will not include this uh, quote-unquote sequel in our, you know, canon, you know, personally as fans. So, uh, you know, anyway, although DC has kind of messed up with that too because they actually brought Watchmen into the actual DC universe and it's a whole thing now. But uh, anyway, uh, so that'll just about do it. Uh, again, not too thrilled with Wokeman. Uh, it, it's actually so unimpressive that, like, I can't even remember, like, you know, any of the character names or anything like that. It's very, you know, substandard, I guess, as a uh, movie so far, as a uh, series so far. But I'm hoping they can turn it around. So, uh, anyway, folks, that's my uh, review of the uh, series. So, thus far of the, uh, you know, HBO Wokeman series, as I call it. So, uh, you know, that'll do it for the show. Uh, one last thing I want to announce before I sign off here. Uh, folks, I am planning on doing a uh, show on Saturday uh, that will be live. However, I don't know if it's going to be on YouTube yet or whether it's going to be on another platform. Uh, one, of the reason one of the reasons being is I, uh, I'm experimenting with, like, an audio streaming platform that will allow me to, like, do the show live, kind of, like, live internet radio, and also take, you know, phone calls 
live on air. So I could be doing that method instead of doing like a YouTube live streaming, but I don't know yet. We'll see. Alright folks, so from all of us here at NGC uh, Studios, have a uh, good day whenever you're listening in the uh, past, present, future hour. Uh, God bless, God save this great nation, God freedom legacy in that order, and uh, God bless America. I'll see you guys on Saturday for the Saturday edition of the Wayfield Report. And until then, God bless and God save this great nation. Hey there, folks. If you've made it this far to the end of the podcast, I'd like to thank you very much for listening to the show. You are the ones that make it possible for me to uh, make an income from podcasting, and I greatly appreciate that just by listening to our show. You are helping us gain ad revenue. However, if you would really like to uh, help support the show, I encourage you to please donate to the podcast and become a supporter of the show. You can head over to anchor.fm forward slash Whitfield Report and click the support this podcast button and uh, choose the amount that suits you to support the show. Or you can click the link in the show notes and it will directly uh, take you to that page. If you can support the podcast, I really, really appreciate that. Anything that you can do to uh, help out is greatly appreciated, even if you can't afford to uh, help financially support the podcast. I encourage you to please go on iTunes uh, or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and please leave this podcast a positive five-star review. That really helps us out here at the Whitfield Report. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next episode.